0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man, here, and uh, we're back for another episode. This is a solo episode here. Um, it's just me talking by myself to you guys. So. Uh, Definitely excited to talk about some of the new uh, stuff that's been happening in the world of movie news. Obviously, we have the Oscars coming out. You know, the Oscar nomination just came out, and uh, Brooks and I are going to probably talk about that in an episode coming up soon, either the winners or the nominations. We haven't decided yet. (laughs) We haven't decided whether we want to do like an Oscar prediction kind of episode or uh, more of a let's recap the winners kind of thing. So either way, Oscar episode will be coming up soon. But this one is kind of summing up some of the news that's happened in the last like week or so. Pretty interesting announcements in terms of movie stuff. Now, I'm actually going to start with the the movie that I kind of... It's funny because I kind of knew this was happening a while ago because... Uh, what was it? It was an interview with Dan Aykroyd about uh, the Ghostbusters sequel kind of thing, and, and, and it was pretty obvious that they were in the midst of writing an actual third film, third Ghostbusters movie that continued the continuity after Ghostbusters 2, which, I mean, Ghostbusters 2, let's be fair, was not a great movie. It's funny because actually my, my parents always talk about that. They were supposed to go see Ghostbusters 2. But uh, you know, in theaters. But unfortunately, I was born, um, so they couldn't go see it. So <laughs> I, I always joke about how I saved them from it because it wasn't that great. But um, the first Ghostbusters was a classic, very, very, very good movie. Um, good mixture of comedy with a little bit of that, you know, 80s horror, and it, it just it, it worked. Great theme song, uh, great score. The the fact that we have a real Ghostbusters three coming out, um, not. Not like a spin off type thing, which was the 2016 film. You know, I mean, I, there's Leslie Jones actually went on social media and was just like outraged, basically saying it's like, this is. This is what Trump would do. And it's like, what? <laughs> this is what they should have done in the first place was have an actual sequel, kind of like, you know, like Jurassic World and The Force Awakens, like a sequel slash reboot, you know? And not this, like, spin-off that doesn't make any sense. Like, it has nothing to do with it being girls. and And I think that's an issue that, like, this new thing is actually going to have is that now it seems like it's, you know, men trying to get their franchise back. It's like, no, this is just... You know, it's actually supposed to be um, a group that they're passing the torch to a half and half group. It's two girls and two guys. That's, that's what's just perfect. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. If you're going to, you know what I'm saying? You don't have, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, and I think that's, what's really good about this one, because it finally splits the difference in that sense, <laughs> in the gender sense, but also in the fact that we're getting a Ghostbusters three, you know, written by uh, Jason Reitman, or I think he's, is he uh, directing it? Yeah. He's, um. Uh, Writing and directing it, you know, he's taking the the torch from Ivan, uh, essentially. And of course, it's assumed that Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, you know, would probably try to come back. I would think, because they were huge parts of the original franchise, and it just makes sense that you'd have them come back. Um, Obviously, Harold Ramis passed away in 2014, which you know really sucks because. Uh, for many reasons, obviously, but he was very much that other spirit, you know, him, and I'd say him and Bill Murray almost were the, the two that really had, because they always had a lot of chemistry as, as performers anyways, you know, in Stripes and, you know, obviously Ghostbusters and uh, a couple other great films It's just like, you know, they really had a good chemistry as a, as a comedic duo. Um, obviously, Dan Aykroyd, you know, same with him as well. And Ernie Hudson kind of always felt you know he like he was he was just kind of the helper in that in that sense you know where he uh wasn't really a scientist he was kind of like the the grunt man who helped with them but uh still uh, you know a a big character you know still one of the ghostbusters so i'm hoping that we'll have them returning uh we actually did get a teaser very short teaser the the ecto one kind of glowing under a big blanket in in a barn um So, you know, I mean, nothing crazy, but it definitely set the tone for what we could hopefully get with with Ghostbusters 3. And it's got a July 2020 premiere date, so, I mean, wow, that's pretty close. I mean, that's pretty cool, pretty awesome. Now I really want to talk about one of my favorite action franchises of all time, and I would say that that wasn't actually the case until the most recent film, and that's uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Fallout was incredible. But it's one of those films where you watch it and it makes you want to rewatch all of the other films. And it's crazy because I didn't really notice all the connections before. I didn't notice how much of a story saga this is for Ethan Hunt, you know? And uh, just how unique each film is and how different each film is. Of course, ironically, this franchise up until Rogue Nation was basically... New directors every time, you know, different composers, uh, you know, and, and now I feel like we're getting Christopher McQuarrie to sign on to write and direct the next two Mission Impossible films. And he just did another two. He did Rogue Nation and Fallout. So he came back with the stipulation that, hey, look, I want this film to sound And look and feel different than Rogue Nation. You know, he wanted a different tone. He didn't want it because he wanted to keep that aesthetic of each film has a different style. So I'm really interested to see, did they discuss it? Were they like, okay, these next two films are going to have this style and this tone. And there's a story we have together that we can really make each film different, but also kind of connect and feel unique. Because they're coming out a, a year in between each other. I mean, seven actually comes out summer of 2021 and then the eighth one comes out in in, uh, 2022. So they're shooting them back to back and it's supposed to be, I would think, like a very long story. I'm not sure if they're going to like continue the syndicate? Are they going to continue with Solomon Lane's story arc? Because I mean, I'm kind of getting sick of that guy, honestly, because I feel like, I, I don't know, I'm just, we need a new bad guy, I think. <laughs> and I feel like maybe there's one other layer in the syndicate. He wasn't the big bad guy, you know, maybe there was still one more layer, kind of like in uh, 24. If you've watched 24, there's a lot of those kind of situations where every other episode, you're like, okay, well, we killed him, we got that guy, we, we got the leader, and then it's like someone else actually was the leader, and, you know, they're hiding somewhere else, and, you know, that's, uh, that's always a very good uh, storyline for action genres, I feel like, so I think that could be something they could do, where, you know, maybe you don't really use Solomon Lane, maybe you use someone else, I mean, it's funny, because I also read that we're supposed to have the return of Alec Baldwin and Henry Cavill, which, Uh, I don't understand how that'll work, but um, other than a flashback, which it's weird because it's like, unless they both have like a major part, why else would you have a flashback with them? Because they they feel like they both serve their arcs up to this point. But that's why I'm thinking if they're returning, there's got to be, this has got to be a bigger story. You know, there's got to be connecting still with these other past films. There's got to be some kind of connection in that sense. Like, I don't think it's going to be a brand new story Like, five years later with, you know, no one, you know, no no connections or anything like that. I mean, that's my guess. Another thing, I feel like, you know, he's probably going to end up with Ilsa, because I think he closed the storyline with Julia. You know, in the last film, there was pretty much closure, I feel like, with Julia and Ethan. So, I think we're done with her, I'm pretty sure, because... You know, like there was, that was the whole point of the, of the film was that, you know, she's safe now and that no matter what she, he can't protect her. But of course with Ilsa, if he ends up with Ilsa, which they've, that's pretty much teased the last two couple movies is that she can take care of herself. You know, see if they're together, they make sense for each other because they kind of protect each other, you know, and like they can protect themselves. And so it won't be like what have been for Julia, who's a nurse, a a doctor, who's got these life-saving skills, but not in the way that Ilsa does, where she's like intense and and can fight and, uh, you know, spy and stuff like that. So that would make sense for their arc to kind of end up, they end up together. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what they could do villain-wise. And they can't have another nuke. They can't have more of the, you know, they gotta do something else in terms of antagonist plot device, you know? So I'm really excited about the fact that we're getting two more in the next like three years. That's just, that's crazy to me. That's so cool because I'm on such a high from Fallout and I'm still, I I have the Blu-ray and I've been watching the composer commentary with Lauren Balfe. That's just amazing. It's really cool. It's very insightful. The isolated score track, which is really cool as a composer and, you know, someone who likes (laughs) film scores and, you know, all that stuff. It's, that's really cool to kind of have on, you can just put it on the background and it's just, It's incredible to hear the the score. Star Wars needs to do that. I don't know why Star Wars hasn't done that yet. Because that style just makes sense in that kind of context where you only get the score. So, uh, anyways, uh, I'm just, um, I'm so excited about that. Christopher McQuarrie coming back to write and direct the next two mission impossible films, which I also subsequently think will be the final films of the franchise because I, you can't keep this franchise going without Tom Cruise. And by that time, Tom will be like in his, you know, early sixties. <laughs> so it's like, okay, just, you know, you just protect yourself. Don't, you're good. You're good. Okay. You've. You're <laughs> this is like Michael Jordan in his prime right now. You know what I mean in terms of like oh, what he's accomplishing as like uh, an actor and a stunt guy. So I think he needs to just do this and then not retire. He doesn't have to retire, but go play for the Wizard. Just chill for a little bit. You know. And speaking of another Christopher, uh, director, we have Christopher Nolan's next film. Uh, hitting theaters July of 2020. I got all the details right here. All the details. I got all the uh, the actors, the uh, the plot, everything. So, no, actually, I don't. That's the thing. Uh, there's literally no details about this project, and I, it's funny because you just kind of trust. <laughs> you just kind of trust him. It's kind of one of those things where Hollywood and audiences kind of just give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's like I feel like he makes so few films nowadays, it's even Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg is pretty busy. He's keeping busy, you know, but he's not, it's not like everyone's going out to see the BFG or everyone's going out to see the Post, you know, like there's certain, you know, a few people went out and saw Ready Player One, but not that many, even though he's probably the most, he's my favorite director and probably the most iconic director, uh, you know, in terms of like Hollywood. He's kind of gotten to that point now where he's maybe not it's more about quantity over quality and not to say that his films still don't look great. And there's just something missing. There's a little bit of that magic missing. And it might also be because he hasn't had John Williams on some of them, because usually it's, you know, Mr. Williams on all of them, and he couldn't do Ready Player One, which was still Alan Silvestri, which was great. But uh, anyways, I'm getting off topic. Uh, Christopher Nolan, he's one of those directors that we just give the benefit of the doubt to. He really, like, hasn't given us a bad movie, realistically. I mean, you know, even say what you will about the Dark Knight trilogy, and maybe there's a couple, like... Some people didn't like The Dark Knight Rises, which I I understand a little bit. I mean, there's some great moments in that film, but the, as an overall movie, it, for how long it was, it's very sad that there was so few scenes with Batman. You know, it's like, it was mostly him hobbling around and it was a little more about Catwoman. And But honestly, to me, it's like, I, I'm so excited because Hans Zimmer is, is incredible because you feel like Hans Zimmer is doing so many projects, right? But the ones he really gets to dig his fingers into and he really gets to like have so much fun with, I'm sure is the Christopher Nolan films. Like he can really get into that, that emotion. And he's just, he's working with someone he's got a personal close relationship with, you know? And obviously there's a few other directors that he still works with like that. You know, it's like a Spielberg Williams collaboration. It's, it's very, very much about how they're both, the the top tier of their game you know there's some films I'm sure that Hans Zimmer works on where he's working with a director a lot lower in credibility and scale and stuff than Hans Zimmer you know what I mean and either way I'm really excited about this Christopher Nolan film coming out who knows what it's going to be uh we'll find out actually there's an episode coming up soon uh with Brooks and myself where we're going to be talking about um you know ranking the Christopher Nolan films so uh, you know, in anticipation to see what this is, uh, we're going to gonna talk a little Nolan. So, uh, yeah, if you're excited about that, stay tuned. Next few weeks uh, should be there, hopefully soon, hopefully sooner than that. And, you know, Nolan actually got the uh, Oscar nomination last year for uh, Dunkirk for Best Director. That was the first time he actually got that, which is crazy. Like, he's never gotten the Best Director nomination before. But anyways, that kind of gets into the, the awards type of thing where it's like, Wait, really? This this one composer or you know producer or director is, you know, being like considered for all these Oscars, but then there's others that are maybe, you know, subjectively better, and they're not getting anything, and it's it's just weird. Like uh, one thing I always wonder was John Williams doesn't have a Hollywood star, but uh, Hans Zimmer does, which. It just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, because, I mean, Hans Zimmer is amazing. Obviously, he's the second best, but the problem, that's the thing is he's the second best in terms of iconic, you know, you know, how many themes, you know, from this certain composer in that sense, you know, in terms of like big iconic movie soundtracks, it's like, chances are it's either going to be Hans Zimmer or John Williams, but John Williams is that extra one or 2%, you know? So it's like, why does he not have a star? It's really weird. Uh, anyways, a little uh, rant there uh, another rant i kind of want to go on here <laughs> um wonder woman 3 uh Patty jenkins talked about how she knows how she wants the story to end for you know for diana and uh i mean that's great that's great <laughs> and we're, we have, we're also talking about aquaman 2 that's great too i just i just want a man of steel too that's that's all that, that's all i'm saying I, I, it <laughs> i'm just a little jealous it's just no offense to Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm so excited about those movies. But, like, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they're they're great. But, like, it's not Superman for me, you know? And even Batman's still got his own solo film. Who knows who's going to be playing Batman, you know? Is it going to be a reboot? Like, who, I don't know. And obviously they have no plans, WB, for Superman, which is just a shame. You know, I'm excited about all these new solo films. But it's, like, really? Like, Wonder Woman 3? Like, the other one just came out, like, a couple years ago. Like, we're... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like these, tri- now I feel like we're just rushing solo trilogies and we're not even giving a solo trilogy to the, the one who started it all, you know? And it's like, obviously I know they're going for a different vibe, but Zack Snyder still introduced Wonder Woman. She still introduced, you know, Aquaman, all these solo characters that we're focusing on. he kind of introduced in that first you know, iteration of the DCEU. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, I'm so excited that we're getting like a Wonder Woman 3. That's great. That's awesome. But like, at the same time, first of all, Wonder Woman 2 hasn't even come out yet. And it's like, you know, so who knows? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great, but, you know, who knows if it's even going to be good? It might be a different style, and different vibe. I mean, I'm kind of nervous about Kristen Wiig as the Cheetah (laughs) villain. It's kind of weird, but... I don't know. I'm just, it's one of those things I think where I'm just kind of jealous as a Superman fan that I feel like, I feel like my character, who I love, just got kind of like written incorrectly. But even then, I think, I think Man of Steel is a masterpiece. It's like my favorite superhero film of all time. I mean, up there, it's like at least top three. And it just, it feels like he got shortchanged in his own sequel with BVS. And so I guess the fact that, they're kind of like, well, I guess Superman didn't work. No, it just it didn't work cuz it got crammed this this massive awesome storyline from the comics got crammed into the end of one movie and then thrown in randomly and not not correctly in another you know team up movie where he shouldn't have even been back. I mean, Justice League should have been about those, you know, those other characters, Cyborg and Flash and Wonder Woman and Batman learning how to work together as a team without Superman. And then, because if it's like, like without, let's just be real, in, in Justice League, without Superman, they were going to win. They were done. They were, for some reason, they couldn't overpower this thing. Wonder Woman, I don't understand why she can't beat it. Like, Because Wonder Woman's got pretty much the same powers as Superman. She might be a little less, you know, she might not have as much strength. Because, I mean, like from that one scene in Justice League, where he kind of like headbutts her. <laughs> but I wonder why she can't defeat him. It just doesn't make sense because... I don't know, it's it's like if she could cut off, she cut off Doomsday's arm, you know, with her lasso. I just feel like, and then I feel like Aquaman didn't have any water things to do. It just, it, it kind of just felt like there was this movie and let's just throw these characters into it who cares what their powers are, who cares what their skills are, who cares what their history is. It's just kind of like, it was this, this cookie cutter movie with like two set pieces, act, two action set pieces that were basically in a silo and... I don't know, just I that, that movie did not work for me so it's like, and that's where people are like oh, finally we're going in the right direction, no we're not not at all, we're like we're retconning all the really good deep emotional stuff that they had in those first couple films I mean, say what you will about BVS, but I mean it, it at least gave us something, it was something to latch on to and, and debate about, you know, with Justice League it was just like, well, that was a throwaway you know, it was just like uh, BVS might have been a big convoluted novel, but Justice League was like half a piece of paper, you know what I mean? So it's like in terms of weight, so I, I don't know. But Wonder Woman 3 is being talked about so I thought that was kind of interesting to throw in there just because I uh, got thrown some DCU stuff. <laughs> Definitely connect with me on social media uh, at Music Man, M-U-Z-I-K M4N on Twitter, Instagram, let's uh Let's talk movies and uh, movie scores and all that good stuff. And i also really appreciate it if you could rate and, you know, review and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Uh, really helps, helps with the rankings so that people can listen to my fun voice all the time. Thanks again. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man. Have a good one.